Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andys, uh, Season 6, Episode 9. My name's Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerell. And the film we're going to talk about today eventually is... Upgrade. Upgrade. Yes. So we've just been talking about how I've been feeling very anxious and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But what I didn't mention was, um, just now I found a packet of sherbet lemons at the back of the cupboard. Oh, uh, no. That will relieve your anxiety immensely. <laughs> I feel really good. <laughs> really good. I've had maybe five. I'm quite jealous, actually. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. Sherbet lemons are good. Yeah. I mean, sherbet, sherbet in general sherbet. is good. I like a, I like a boiled sweet. And what more could you want from a boiled sweet? Well, perhaps a uh, a sherbety surprise in the middle. Well, indeed. Yeah. Yes, uh, I may go and purchase some tomorrow with this in mind. Yeah, I can have one in your honour. I can highly recommend. (laughs) If you can stand variation on a theme, which I understand if you don't want to, but I can highly recommend Waitrose Fruit Sherbets. They come in many flavours, not just lemon, and each flavour is as good as the last. Right. So is that a mixed bag or are they a mixed bag of fruit sherbets? Yes, and some of them are indeed lemon. The lime ones are are really good. Are there any orange sherbet? Yes, there are. <laughs> okay. The listener, listener can guess what movie we're talking about there. Yeah, we're not um, we're not sponsored by Waitrose, but we, but we I mean, might be. We would welcome sponsorship from Waitrose. Some Wonga. Yeah. Or if they paid us in fruit sherbet. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if they sent me a few bags of fruit sherbets, I would bang on about them for an hour. Okay, Waitrose, you heard that John Lewis partnership. <laughs> I presume that they're listening. Well, they must be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there must be somebody. I mean, maybe at this there's point, somebody at JLP that's listening to us. Everyone now. is listening, aren't they? So. Everyone is listening now. I do. I do sometimes think that at some point in the future, we've discussed this <laughs> before, but at some point in the future, someone will be listening. There'll probably be a bot who's listening, but someone will be listening, even though no one's listening now. So be careful what you say. In general, I think be careful what you say. Yeah, yeah. I went back on Twitter today, and then promptly left again. Right. <laughs> like, okay, this is still a sewer. Off I go. I'm wondering about having a Twitter intervention with myself because what I've done, I've made taken all kinds of measures to try and uh, make Mastodon be my like primary social media activity, mm-hmm. but the Twitter tab just drags me back. And I end up looking yeah. at that first, and I spend longer on it. And I guess it's because they've more designed and more it. To be, with it yeah, right. it makes it's horrible. I mean, the thing is that there's a lot of my mastodon world is very much um, just sort of people whiff, whiffling on about things that are of no consequence. Whereas on Twitter, I, there's news and stuff that is sort of important. But maybe I should look at a news website. I don't know. I follow a few. Um, Accounts on Mastodon. One of those is Samuel Peeps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who's uh, tweeting, or sorry, tooting uh-huh. from the 16th century, uh, currently talking about the Great Fire of London, which is quite fun. <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it's quite fun, actually. So you can read about where he's been and the fact that, or, you know, the devastation of the Great Fire and talking about the, uh, the fact that they deliberately burnt buildings down in order to save the city, which yeah. is true. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's his diaries on Mastodon, nice. which is cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know he was still around. But yeah, yeah well, he's still going. Um, I think uh, his lang- language is quite antiquated, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. 
That's fun. <clears throat> That's fun. Yeah. Maybe we can toot that out after the show. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that's a good idea. So I forgot to listen when you said what film we're doing. Okay, uh, a movie called Upgrade. Upgrade. Okay. So we, yeah, but you've got a couple of things to talk about first. I've got a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of uh, we haven't done one of these for a while because we've both been busy. Yeah. Um, but I've got a couple of bits of sad news. Uh, I should think that that most listeners probably know about these bits of sad news because we haven't done one of these things for a while, mm-hmm. and these folks have passed on. Not that recently, but um, so about Peter Fonda and Rutger Hauer, mm-hmm. um, both uh, icons of cinema in in their own special way. Um, let's talk about Peter Fonda first. So, son of Henry Fonda, mm-hmm. brother of Jane Fonda. Um, in his early career, or his, at least in his early life, he tried his damnedest to get away from the shadow of his father, um, becoming. Uh, you know, doing a lot of LSD, uh, becoming sort of a counterculture figure and doing his best not to be an actor. What was his father famous for? Um, Well, Henry Fonda was a a big movie star in the sort of what many would consider to be the golden age of Hollywood. Okay. In movies such as, now trying to think of what they might be, uh, 12 Angry Men, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. He's in that. Uh, He's in uh, Once Upon a Time in a... No... In the West, Once Upon a Time in the West, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in which he played against type because he generally played very upright, um, proper gentlemen. And in Once Upon a Time in the West, which is a Sergio Leone Western, he played very much a bad guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like um, one of my favourite films, <clears throat> Payback, which has yeah, okay. old what's-his-name is a bad guy. Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah. Who, of course, is a bad guy in real life. But, yeah, well, that's the irony. <laughs> That's the irony, yes. Um, so Peter Fonda, you know, tried his best to run away from that, but did get involved in movies. And I think that most people would know him from playing the character of Captain America, not the superhero, in Dennis Hopper's movie, Easy Rider. Um, right. Which is, yeah, well, I think... I'm not I, sure yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, it took me a long time to um, to watch it, actually, in terms of like how, how long it took me to get around to watching it. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty great piece of work. I mean, it's a, a genre-defying... Um, uh, you know, it defines that era of American culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly Peter Fonda's, I think, his best performance. Um, and one in which I think he really kind of defined himself as a character and as a person mm-hmm. so for the, for the rest of his career which was I think mostly fairly average he um, uh, he struggled to find the form of Easy Rider right right uh, which is a shame I suppose but I guess if you if if your one great movie is Easy Rider then that's not such a bad thing so that movie starred Fonda and Jack Nicholson uh, was directed by and starred Dennis Hopper mm. and, and is about the search for the American dream uh, on motorbikes. It's a, it's a, it is an amazing film. What's the film that yeah. I'm thinking of with the angry young man? Oh, you need to narrow it down a bit. Yeah, I don't think I can. <laughs> it's the one I associate it with Easy Rider and I don't think it's Easy Rider I'm thinking of I think it's 
The Angry Young Man. There's an Angry Young Man. It, fe- it features a motorbike. It's from around about that time in my head, which is probably like 20 years different. Mm, a motor? I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> don't know. Oh, Rebel Without a Cause. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's earlier. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. earlier. I mean, okay. yeah, that's a good movie. That's James Dean. I've seen it. I don't yeah. remember it much. It's a bit boring. It is long. Yeah. I mean, old films uh, fa- are boring. Famously channeled by Tommy Wiseau in The Room, ah. in, in which uh, he paraphrases the line, You're tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> like that. I tell you what, I've got a game for us to play later. You can, you can think on it. So I needed a parcel delivered quickly. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for Amazon Prime's free 30-day trial. Yep. So I could have my parcel. Mm-hmm. So now I've got 30 days. You've got to yep. tell me what to watch on Amazon Prime. Oh, wow. Uh, ooh, okay. I was thinking I'd try and watch Us and Get Out. If, they've if got, they're on if there. If they're on there. Yeah. Yep. You should definitely do that if they're on there. If they're not, um, what's on Prime? There's, there's a show called The Boys on Prime. Uh, and isn't there Good Omens? But then I can wait for that to come on the BBC, so it's not urgent. Good Omens is on Prime. Yep. Uh, I shall ruminate on this. Okay. While we talk about Rutger Hauer. Right, and then after that, I've got a couple of films I've watched. Oh, cool. Okay, well, I've got one to talk about as well, cool, cool. we can talk about later. Um, so, Rutger Hauer. Mm-hmm. I think uh, another another actor who struggled to get away from a, a role that he played, I think, just tonally perfectly, which was the, royal, uh, the role of Roy Batty in... in um, oh... Wow, Blade Ridley Runner. Scott's movie, Blade Runner. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking. Oh, is it him? Is it him? I didn't want to say, but yeah, yeah, it's him. Yeah, uh, I think that that he plays Roy Batty with, I mean, just the right amount of craziness and otherworldliness that you utterly believe in his character. Mm, it's amazing. You utterly believe in his ruthlessness, his violence. <clears throat> and also his childlike search for a father figure. Yeah. And for answers for which he's never going to have answers, as in, why have I been made and why am I going to die soon? Yeah. Um, none of it makes any sense to him, and he's just, he's very angry about it. He's like an angry toddler. Yeah. In a way. It's beautifully uh, but, done. But incredibly powerful. I, I think one of the greatest performances of the 20th century. So he'll be known for that, and he'll also be known for... Whenever you idly switch over to the Sony movie channel, yes, some he's in something crazy sci-fi that almost looks like it would have been interesting if it wasn't so bad. Yeah, I'm just looking at other <clears throat> other notable performances. So uh, one one that I have seen, actually, I've seen a couple of these. So the Osterman Weekend, which is a a bit of an oddity, uh, but Lady Hawk is a favourite of mine. In which he co-stars with um, Michelle Pfeiffer, one of your favourites. Yeah, she's brilliant. And Matthew Broderick, uh, with a soundtrack by I think Alan Parsons. Um, yeah, I think it's the Alan, Alan Parsons project. Uh, that that's a sort of uh, sword and sorcery. Ah, oh, that'll be why uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hokey as anything, but Rutger Hauer and um, Michelle Pfeiffer, kind of, they kind of. Keep it, keep it together. Just about. Right. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one to watch if you've had a half a bottle of wine or mm-hmm. something. 
uh, <clears throat> had a supporting role in Buffy, the movie. Oh, really? Yep. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, and he was in Batman Begins. Oh, he wasn't the uh, the Watcher, was he? Yeah, I think he was, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just remembered he was in... Um, yes, sorry, Batman Begins. He played a fairly shady corporate guy who's trying to take over Wayne Enterprises. Right. And he's very good in that as well. Anthony Stewart Head is a really good choice for Watcher. Yeah, definitely. So Rutger Hauer and Peter Fonda, a couple of guys who defined cinema in their own way, mm. uh, died recently, which is very sad. Um, that is my preamble. <laughs> That's my any other business done. So, so, a couple of films to mention. One we've mentioned before, but I've been listening back to some old Ramesh Ranganathan podcasts. Oh, yeah. The Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of them were sponsored by Black Klansmen. Ah. I was just remembering how much I enjoyed Black Klansmen. Yeah, I really enjoyed Such it. Such a fun film. Yeah. That was really good. Fun <clears throat> fun, and socially aware. Yeah. At the same time. What more could you I think, ask for? I think one of Spike Lee's best movies. What else has he made? Because I generally think of him as making things that are a bit boring and worthy. That's probably fair. Um, I think, apart from Black Klansman, his other most famous movie is probably Do the Right Thing. I haven't seen it. Which is now very old, uh, but is very still very relevant in terms of... Uh, it's about like the, the hottest weekend in New York of the year. And tensions, racially, racial tensions explode. Right. Um, yeah, do the right thing is good. That sounds all right. Oh, I watch yeah, that. it's good. Set in New York. And then Good cast. Uh, then there's a film that you're going to be disappointed with me for quite enjoying. What's that? I I watched World War Z. I loved World War Z. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you were going to hate yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't love it. Um but I definitely enjoyed it, and I felt a bit guilty for enjoying it because everyone. You shouldn't feel guilty for it. It's, it's a seriously good piece of work, Bob well, Z. I Have think. Read the book? Um, yeah, the book is really good. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, I mean, they share a name. They share some plot points, but they not share, many. They share the zombies can climb up walls by piling on top of each other. Thing. Yeah, which is a great scene in Jerusalem. It is. It is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, it's no, I really, I, 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 I would happily say that I love World War Z. Really? Okay, I didn't I would, love it. I went to sit at the cinema and was was really surprised about how much I enjoyed it. I really like Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's great in it. And well, I think Brad Pitt is generally good in everything. He is good. He's been in some ropey movies. Yeah. Um, talking of ropey movies. <laughs> Uh, or maybe not, no. So I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, which is the new Tarantino. It is. Uh, you know, I haven't been to see a Tarantino movie at the cinema ever, I don't think. Ever? I went no, to see Pulp Fiction so. at the cinema. No, I didn't. No. Wow. Uh, that's my first Tarantino in the, at the movies. Okay, and? Uh, I think, uh, I agree with Dr. Kermode, mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a good two-hour movie. But is it long? In there. But it's too long and, and again, too self-indulgent. And I was listening to... Actually, listening to Kermode talking to Jack Howard about 
about Tarantino's back catalogue and they were trying to rate his movies mm-hmm. in a kind of thing fun. That, the kind of thing that we do which is fun yeah, yeah. Um, and they played they played some an audio clip from Inglorious Studs mm-hmm. and I was struck by how great the dialogue was mm-hmm. but by how all the scenes in which the dialogue is great in that film are just dramatically inert I enjoyed it's, Inglorious it, but there's just nothing happening in those scenes it's just Christ- Christoph Waltz talking and it could be a radio play yeah that's and right and I mean, there's something I, there's something about it that isn't quite what it should have been I agree I, I enjoyed it but it was like why isn't this as good as it thinks it is or as good as it should have been or something so there's there's elements of that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that right. there are scenes that are just there because Tarantino wants them to be there <laughs> they don't drive the narrative at all what what They're was the completely one completely inert? What was the one? The previous one. Uh, that was um, Django Unchained, I think. Oh right, no. Before oh no, that. no. The hate, hateful eight. Hateful eight. Yeah. And you said that was okay. Did you? It's okay, but again, mm. it's self-indulgent. Um, yeah, however, I does. will say that there are two or three scenes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that are absolutely up there with um, the best of Tarantino. So you know, it's a partial return to form. Um, so there's a scene when Brad Pitt's character goes to where the Manson family are living and hanging out, which is shot like a horror movie. That's very effective. Mm-hmm. And then, no spoilers, mm-hmm. but the movie leads you to think that it's going to end in a certain way, and then it doesn't. Right. And that is very satisfying. So I'm going to say something controversial. First thing, I'm going okay. to say something uncontroversial. Yep. Which is that I really like Reservoir Dogs. Yes, I like Reservoir Dogs. Then I'm going to say something controversial, which is that what? I thought Pulp Fiction was fine, but not that great. And I prefer... I was going to say I prefer... Um, uh, Jackie Brown? Uh, no, what's the British... Anyway, I... Well, oh, Lock Stock. Yeah, I, pre- I was going to say I prefer Lock Stock, I'm but that's not controversial enough. Here. I actually prefer yeah. Snatch. I've not seen Snatch. Right. Well, Snatch is pretty much uh, roundly condemned, but um, it does have Brad Pitt in it. I don't think it was roundly condemned, actually. I think it, it, it's been, it was pretty well received. Okay, maybe. As, as a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, but that's the point. It was, part of, it was part of the thing of Guy Ritchie becoming this hate figure. Right, okay. It was like the beginning of a slide into him becoming a hate figure. That's my understanding. Maybe I've just listened to too much Kermode. But... Um, I oh, wasn't that no wasn't that um revolver. Yeah, revolver was the one that that Kermode really hated, yeah. You really hated I that. I haven't seen. Yeah. I remember that. But yeah, I actually I really like Snatch. It has Brad Pitt in a great role. Yeah, he plays an Irish um gypsy fighter, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And it's vintage Pitt. Excellent. And I prefer both of those films to Pulp Fiction, which I thought was a fine film but too long and what even is it? Mm. Just a few slogans, you know. I disagree, but uh, I would say that Pulp Fiction owes a massive debt to Robert Altman, um, and a movie called Shortcuts, which is uh, of a similar kind of um, uh, is similarly constructed to Pulp Fiction. Right. Uh, but you know, I think most filmmakers owe a massive debt to Robert Altman. Yeah, but I yeah. love Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs is great. 
It is great, but I but I personally think that Pop Fiction is his, his his best movie. People think it's better than Reservoir Dogs. I don't see it. I don't see no, it. No, okay. I mean, they are different movies. Reservoir Dogs is only white and black and red. Yeah, true. I mean, come on. Mm, Mr. Pink. <laughs> but <laughs> Mr. Orange. Oh well, that's interesting that you really liked one, was it? Yeah, I really liked it. I, I thought it was solid. I it was it. solid. There was supposed to be a, you know, there's been talk of a sequel for really? every year. Someone talks up a sequel. David Fincher was supposed to be making it. I don't think he is now, so I don't think it's ever going to happen. Oh, right. If Fincher made it, that might be really good, right? Yeah, I think I think that would be cool if Fincher made it. But I, th- I don't think it's going to happen though, which is a shame. Um, it's twenty one sh- minutes in. Shall we crack on with our movie? <laughs> we better crack on. I apologise, listener. I don't think listener will mind. I think listener tunes in to us talking about stuff. If listener does mind, listener has turned off. True enough. Anyway, here we go. Upgrade. Upgrade. You need to give me your synopsis of what Upgrade is. Okay. Um, I feel like it's going to be dangerously close because that name seems too easy to guess. So I've never heard of Upgrade, um, but judging purely from the title, I would say it's the sequel to Source Code. Very much on the same lines as Source Code. Mm. Um, uh, so basically, it's it takes another little sci-fi trick um, and turns it into like the con- the governing concept of the film. So, in this case, the trick is the idea that you can upgrade your body and mind. And uh, I think maybe we enter. Uh, a point where someone is very highly upgraded and then we kind of go backwards in time maybe a bit like memento that's what i'm thinking am i close you're very close well <laughs> yes uh, in fact upgrade is a rollicking disney adv- no it's not a rollicking <laughs> disney adventure that was the other option it's a 2018 cyberpunk action body horror film ah oh, like a body horror film yeah uh written and directed by lee one l who is one of the screenwriters of the original saw Oh, right. And is a big collaborator with uh, James Wan. Do you um, like Saw? And, it's... and Jason Blum. I do like Saw. I like the first one. Okay. I also like the, the recent reboot, which was called Jigsaw, that I really enjoyed. Okay. Because people scorn the Saw films, don't they? Well, I think with good reason. I think the first one is like high concept. Okay. Uh, like Driller Killer. Location. Pardon? Like Driller Killer. Uh, no. <laughs> Not as high concept as that. Not as high concept as just true. Like, That's yeah, a no. terrible film. Yeah, it's rubbish. I mean, it's just awful. Um, Do continue. <laughs> so this stars Logan Marshall Green, Betty Gabriel, Harrison Gilbertson. So fairly... not You know, Logan Marshall Green's been in some pretty good stuff. He was in Prometheus, which is, in some people's eyes, not pretty good stuff. Terrible. Uh, so travesty. Upgrade follows a man who is implanted with a chip that allows him to control his body after a mugging leaves him paralysed. Okay. Um, the film was produced by Jason Blum under his Blumhouse Productions banner, and Jason Blum is also behind, or partly behind, Get Out and Us. Ah, I thought I'd heard the name, yeah. Yeah, so really important. I think these days a really important producer in, not in Hollywood maybe, maybe just outside it, right. but... You know, a, a producer who's happy to put move money down for stuff that he's passionate about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is really important. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so after premiering on the 10th of March 2018 at South by Southwest, it was released in June 2018 and it received positive reviews who called it one part six, min- six million dollar man, one part death wish. <laughs> and praised the film's dark humour and action sequences. So... Um, that sounds really good. I'm it sold. is very good. So, so the plot is kind of Robocop-y type plot. Mm-hmm. It definitely it definitely owes a huge debt to Robocop. Um, so Logan Marshall Green plays a character called Gary Trace, who's a mechanic who gets attacked on his way home when his self-driving car malfunctions. Four men attack the couple and he is shot in the neck, severing his spinal cord. He returns home a quadriplegic under, care, under the care of his mother. Um, his, um, his wife died in the attack. The police um, fail to identify the attackers. He, he sinks into a depression and he is visited by uh, a man who convinces him to accept a stem implant, mm-hmm. claiming it would allow him to walk again. Like a brainstem implant. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we. I think I, I read about these things in in the media these days about people who have cybernetic implants who can sort of regain partial control of their limbs. But this takes a sci-fi approach to it, mm-hmm. and says that you know he, he has complete control over himself again. Mm-hmm. He's he can walk. Uh, he can move his arms. Um, but then he starts to hear a voice in his mind. And that voice is the voice of the stem implant, which says, (laughs) I can help you get revenge on these guys who did this to you. Okay, so they they put AI in it as well. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's when it becomes, um, (laughs) that's that's the upgrade. Mm -hmm. It it can't just help him walk. It can help him get revenge as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, revenge film. Yeah, and this is definitely one of those. Um, now, what's cool about this is is that he doesn't just do, uh, you know, like incredible acts of violence using his newly found limbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stem implant kind of enables him to move in a way that humans don't normally move. Okay, okay. Uh, so it controls his body in a way that humans just can't do. Right, that's cool. Which is really interesting, um, and it's a gag that they don't wear out. You know, they don't use it too much. Mm-hmm. So when they do use it, it's like, wow, that's interesting. Um, uh, so you know, he kind of moves like a uh, like a marionette, uh, like someone who's because the stem at times has full control over his body. So he's not controlling what he's doing. Mm-hmm. The implant is controlling it. Um, but. As with all things of this type, and you know, I mentioned there was a debt to Robocop here. Um, he discovers that he was set up as a subject and that uh, he is basically a test subject. Right, 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 right. And that the people who, who sent to kill him are working for the people who own STEM. Okay. Uh, in the same way that Robocop, um, the line that uh, the corporate bad guy says, we just, now we just have to wait for some poor schmuck to volunteer. Yeah. Um, because, you know, all these people are is like flesh and blood, vessels for technology. 
Um, so then he goes on a uh, you know a new sort of um, rampage of revenge, and um, it is uh, yeah. There's some revenge at the end. I'm not going to give too much away about that, but uh, there's a lot of blood. He finds out what's going on, and Stem assumes control over Gray's mind and body, and puts him into a kind of dream state so that he's not really aware of what's going on and then Stem assumes control and carries on doing what it's doing um, Nice It's really good I mean I think Lee Wanell is uh, you know, a talented screenwriter I think this is, this is his direct is his directorial debut? I'm not sure that it is actually I'm just going to check I think he may have made an insidious movie before this one um, director uh, Insidious Chapter 3 yeah which I really enjoyed I've enjoyed all of those okay in fact he's in he's in all of them as well I've never considered for a moment watching Insidious they are very entertaining movies okay well maybe I should try yeah they're a lot of fun uh, so he was in Saw Saw 2 and Saw 3 he's in all in all the Insidious movies yeah he's in all of them and he's directing and writing and executive producing uh, a movie of The Invisible Man, which is due to be released next year, That's which um, I think he might be able to bring something interesting to, to a very old, creaky story. That has been difficult to make into a good film, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, don't, think that, I don't think that even the, um, the classic one with Claude Rains is a particularly good movie. And there's the uh, John Carpenter one with Chevy Chase, which is pretty terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Poor old John Carpenter. He'll pour his heart and soul into a rubbish film. He really will. Yeah. But, you know, we have... He will also pour it into a decent one as well. Um, So, yeah, Upgrade is is rather wonderful. It's a rather wonderful slice of cyberpunk, revenge, body horror... Uh, sci-fi it's great uh, probably one that not enough people saw mm-hmm. um, so is it a bit pulpy oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely pulpy but it's not a B movie okay you know it, it doesn't have a corny script I think it's got a decent okay. cast and a solid script and is well directed so you know if you think about something like you know to invoke it again, Robocop. Mm-hmm. Robocop transcends its yeah. pulpy um, subject matter by having a really solid cast but and a has, really fantastic screenplay. But it has that that body horror stuff in it that kind of uh, that links it into the its roots. Yeah, and a really hissable bad guy. Yeah, because the bad guy isn't the bad guy that you think it is. Uh-huh. Well, in fact, you know, I suppose Clarence Boddicker is a bad guy. Um, but actually, the real bad guy, Robocop, is Ronnie Cox, the corporate bad guy. Is it the businessman? Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen um, the remake of Robocop? Yeah, it's a shocker. don't think I've seen it. It's really... I mean, it's it's not really bad. It's just really disappointing that... I'm not angry. That, I'm disappointed. I am disappointed because it took so long to bring it to the screen. 
it went through so many directors, including Darren Aronofsky, who's been attached right. to so many different things. <laughs> and the best they could do was that Robocop. Right. And it's just not very good. So Okay, so here comes the question. It seems a yes. bit of a silly question. Yeah. Because it seems like it's not trying to be profound, but um, what does it add to the universe that this film exists? How has it made you a better person? Hmm. Um... I think that uh, it showed me that <clears throat> that even though Robocop is a genre-defying movie, defining movie, not defying, uh, you can still have someone come along and make something that adds to the to the genre mm-hmm. and pays homage to it, mm-hmm. but not in an obvious way. Mm-hmm. And I think Upgrade is that movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it hmm. sounds like. I'd like to watch it, but I probably won't. No, okay. Remember it but too it, much. No, I probably will watch it, but I probably just won't. You know, it won't have that much of an impact on me. It's good. You know, it's uh, it's good stuff. It had a budget of only three million dollars, which mm-hmm. seems incredibly small. Yeah. Because I think the uh, the action sequences and the the effects are very good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and took sixteen point six, which isn't massive. No. But it's a good return. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's. Um, yeah, there's a reason why I haven't heard of it. So it definitely didn't. It definitely didn't. Um, I did. I don't think it found the audience that it was looking for. So I've had an idea. Yes. So, you know that the the movie summary that I gave earlier. Yes. Of like a, I think it's a bit like Memento, where you you enter the character when it's fully upgraded. Yes. And then you progress backwards through and downgrade with it until. Oh. You find out how it all got to be how it was. Yes. That seems like a film I'd really like to see. Yeah, that does sound interesting, actually. And it reminded me of a thing. So there's a book called Ficciones, or Fictions, okay, by Georges-Louis Borges. Borges. That's a good name. Borges. Borges. He's an Argentine writer. That probably is Borges. Of the 20th century. Borges. Borges. Um... Uh, and one section of that book, it's a great book, it's a like magic realist book. Nice. Um, one section of it is um, like the cover, the the back cover blurb of a whole load of books that don't actually exist. Oh, cool. He just made them up. And they all really, they sound really fascinating and interesting and exciting and weird. So we should do that, but for films. Mm. So here's how it's going to work, listener. Number one, send me in titles, and we'll come up with plot summaries based purely on the title. Okay. So send them in via Mastodon or a comment on the blog. So that's part one. Part two, pick a movie, perhaps one that people have heard of, perhaps not. Take the title and make your own summary that's (laughs) entirely different and send it in. We'll read out the best ones. That's excellent. I just thought of another one, but I won't talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it next time. Yes, we will. So send yeah. us send us titles for us to do, and also send us your own summaries based on the title. Um, using Reusing existing titles. I like this. Yes, I like this a lot. It could be our thing. It's our thing. Yeah, it's our new thing. It'd be just like Borges. 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 
Borges. Yeah, Borges. Uh, read fictions. It's a great, a great book of short stories. Cool. I do like short stories. Yeah. A bit of magic realism that's easier to to, to, to digest. I can't speak. Da, 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 da. <laughs> easier to digest <laughs> than um, what's it called? Hundred Years of Solitude. Yeah, that's not easy to digest. Yeah, slightly hard work. So there we go. That was upgrade. That's your challenge, listener. And that was that was upgrade. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. But warning, this podcast will contain spoilers. That's too late. <laughs> I've been doing the Star Trek um, <laughs> at work, and people don't get it. I think they're all, they're all too young. Are they, are they quite young? There's, there's quite a lot of quite young people at my work. Some of them are quite young, and some of them don't watch Star Trek. So I'm just sitting there making stupid noises, and nobody knows what I'm doing. During my summer holiday... I, I cracked out the Amiga emulator and I played a little bit of Megalomania with my kids. Ah. Which is a, an early God game where okay. you have to, basically you have to invent inventions and build an army and destroy your So enemies. like Age of Empires. Yeah, but much simpler. Really simple. Okay. The kids were absolutely loving basically watching me play. Yeah. And all you do really is change change the number of soldiers who are inventing stuff versus um, building in the building or whatever, you know. It's like you're mm. just shuffling numbers, but it's great fun. Excellent. Megalomania. Megalomania. But then I was talking to people at work about it, and it occurred to me that it was quite a bit older than the person I was talking to. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God. You know, today um. I was talking to a um, person in our team, and uh, I mentioned a movie that was made in 2004. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, that's really old. <laughs> I said, and what? I, it's 1984. That's 20 years in the jump, future. I was about to jump out of the window in disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, well, that's me done. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. But then it it is a long time ago, that. I know. It is, isn't it? It's uh, how long? How long ago is that? Um, six, sixteen years. Yeah, fifteen, sixteen years. And yeah, then that is a long time. I think about how much my attitudes to things have changed. Well, I've got much worse since then. In that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was a very different person. Mm. I've just started reading a book called Progress. I can't remember the name of the author. Mm-hmm. And it's just the introduction is talking about how everyone always talks about how everything's getting worse. Right. And the point of the book is that actually most things are getting better. Um, and in particular, like, um, you know, important things like death in childbirth and child mortality and uh, um, levels of illiteracy and so on have been consistently getting better for the last 150 years or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't know whether he's going to have things to say also about how the climate crisis, at least we've realised, and we're going to do something about it or not. But um, It's an interesting book, and it's a story that I feel like we should discuss more in this time of apocalyptic distress. Maybe we should discuss it on a pod. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I should read the book and then try and do a pod. I think that's a good idea. That would be interesting. Yeah. 
I've been listening to Amy Poehler's uh, book, Yes Please. Ah, yeah. My, Which is very the, funny. Uh, her and Dawes read that. Yeah, so I'm listening to that uh, in the car and on dog walks and that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. um, it's very, very funny. Oh, cool. It's very honest and brutally honest about, you know, being a woman in the entertainment business, particularly in the business of the kind of thing that she was doing... Um, you know, Saturday Night Live, which is very male dominated, right? Quite macho, yeah. Very macho and male dominated. Um, but actually, getting on with that, and then later on, we haven't got to, I haven't got to Parks and Recreation yet. But um, yeah, it's very good. I love Parks and Recreation. Isn't it great? I, I think it loses steam. I think Series Three is probably the best. Yeah, the early, early-ish series is. Um, amazing where they they introduce Rob Lowe and Adam Scott and they lose the architect guy who's been dating Rashida Jones and they push Chris Pratt more into the show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that's where it really starts to take off (laughs) Um, because prior to that it's kind of finding its feet and I think that's the one with um, Bye Bye Little Sebastian (laughs) <laughs> Your ten thousand <laughs> candles in the wind, <laughs> which is just fantastic. Um, I like it when Rob Lowe comes. I feel like oh, it's jumped the shark, but then he is so good. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? Um, but I, I really like it before that as well. And I, I'm always tempted at work to walk up to people and go, "And Perkins," <laughs> <laughs> just to see if they get it. <laughs> oh yeah, don't do that. No, I never have. Have you got any plugging? Uh, yes, I have actually. So I, I have a, uh, a podcast feed and uh, it's called Movie Mashup. No camel case, no caps. No caps, no caps. Uh, which I haven't updated for a while, but I am going to do an update after this pod all about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, so that you can find that on iTunes and uh, or on your podcasting app of choice. Choice, uh, choice. That choice. is my pod. That's a movie Movies and occasionally TV pod. Spoiler free. Cool. Not like this one. And less rambly as well. Oh, really? Because it's just me. I don't, you know, I could could ramble to myself, but that would make me a mad person. (laughs) I have, I have, I I, I unsubscribed from it, but there was a a charming podcast that was extremely rambling of um, someone going through all the, um, all the Unix commands in slash user slash bin and talking about what each one means oh wow <laughs> and you, un- you unsubscribed because it sucked your will to live yeah well she got onto slash user slash sbin and she was talking about um, which is the super user commands they're like basically more obscure wow and she would research each one before she did it so quite often she didn't know until she you know done the research for that episode right there's all this weird stuff about Stuff that happens when the computer first turns on and it has to unmount and remount. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually. RAM and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you say that. <laughs> you say it's is interesting. It, is it, though? <laughs> yeah, that was the most rambling. And I, it was it was charming. Um, but rambling. But I found that I did unsubscribe. I admire someone's passion for doing something like that. But it's not something I would ever do. Yeah. So, what plugging have I got? Um, I'm still, I think ages ago when we last spoke, I was writing a um, Tron-style game, which is going to be a web 
thing. I've written the server and I'm writing the front end. So I, I write the server in Rust, which is totally cool. I'm writing the front end in Elm, which I already knew I liked. I think I'm even more excited about Rust than Elm, though. Mm. Um, so when I've got that working, I'm going to write some blog posts, I think, and possibly do some YouTube videos just talking about how I structured the front end and the back end, how all that works. So if you're into the programming stuff, that look out for that. It may come in the next few months. I'm not going to guarantee it. Um, the other thing I've been doing, which you can probably find through my main Mastodon account, is I've made a new Mastodon account, where, which I'm just using to post um, prayers, prayers that I did in church. Um, uh, like So like praying for the world or for, you know, ourselves and stuff like that um so if you, that sounds interesting uh ping me on mastodon if you can't find it i made a different account on uh, social.theliturgists.com where i'm slowly posting prayers that i've done over it turns out over the last 10 years that i've been wow. doing that okay every few months um but they tend to be quite um you know i hope you won't hate me if you read my prayers, listener, hopefully if the idea of someone praying fills you with anger, then, well, A, don't bother. But also, if you do bother, hopefully you won't hate me. I doubt that anyone will hate you. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, if you do, that's okay. That's your choice. Just don't tell me because it'll make me really It's sad. not okay, but it is their choice. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Just but don't tell Honestly, me about people it. could choose to do anything else other than hate. Yeah. Let's keep that in mind. Well, that's recommended by, yeah, uh, it is by the good robot Andes. Yes. Choose anything else other than hate. Yeah, check out our episode, Love versus Fear. Yeah, I actually, I reference that one a lot. Talking to people to say, look, there's this podcast. We did one called Love versus Fear, and it was cool. <laughs> and another one about why you should ditch Facebook. Yeah, which I did. Well done. Maybe we should uh, seriously consider ditching Twitter since I, I go am, on about Mastodon all the time. I am considering it but but it is handy for publicising this podcast. Yeah. Well, well I, I mean it, we, we could have... make it into a write-only medium couldn't we? Yeah. I mean we've got the Gra account so we can post using that. Gra. Gra. Is that it? I think that might are be it. Just, are we just rambling now? Yeah well we were we were most of the time. Okay. That's what they tune L in listener, for. Listener this has been very rambly because we haven't done one of these for a while so we've been <laughs> We apologise. It's been a pleasure. We should do this more often. <laughs> we should do this more often, yes. Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of fun. Uh, maybe, in fact, uh, you were talking about books. Maybe we should have... Uh, we should encompass uh, books as well. I was thinking maybe I should email Anne Leckie again, see if I can get her to come on the pod. Yes, and there was somebody else that you said might want to come on the pod. Talk mm. about um, machine learning. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We're going to do one on machine learning. I have agreement from Excellent. our potential interview. Potential so person, yes. Indeed. I will get round to organising that. Okay. That's probably it, though. That is it. Okay. Thanks for putting <laughs> that with us. See you next time. Thank you. Bye.